Coinbase CEO warns of sweeping surveillance of crypto holders in infrastructure bill. This was written Thursday, August 5th, 2021, Zero Hedge. Uh, it is August 5th, 2021. Uh, I've taken quite a few attempts, made quite a few attempts to record something this evening. And man, I'm just crashing and burning here. So I'm hoping that I can get through this article really quickly for you and perhaps one other. Thank you for joining me. We warned over the weekend that, quote, things just got ugly for crypto in Washington, D.C. As the government aimed to partially cover the cost of its massive infrastructure bill by taxing crypto companies and the entire industry will feel it. This is not a drill. I fucking hate when my computer does this. This is not a drill, writes Jake Shervininsky, an influential crypto lawyer and a sober voices in a hype-prone industry. And a sober voice in a hype-prone industry. Tyler, you, your editors are starting to slip, brother. In a must-read Twitter thread, Shervininsky explains how the 550 billion bill 550 billion bill <laughs> which is primarily about roads and bridges could shiv american crypto companies the pain comes in part the pain comes in the part of the bill that explains how the us will help pay for the, those roads and bridges namely the bill states that uncle sam plans to cover 28 billion of the costs by squeezing crypto brokers. The trouble is that the bill defines, quote, broker, a term normally used to describe the likes of Coinbase and Robinhood, as basically any business that touches crypto. The uproar in the crypto industry, and like their freshly minted lobbyists, sparked bipartisan amendment, sparked a bipartisan am amendment which could defang the cryptocurrency provision. Senators Ron Wyden, Democrat, Oregon, Cynthia Loomis, Republican, Wyoming, and Pat Toomey, Republican, Pennsylvania, have introduced an amendment that would exempt Bitcoin miners and validators on other blockchain networks from a provision aimed at raising $28 billion in tax revenue to help pay for the bill. And this is, I don't know who Jerry... Rito is, but he they have a tweet here by him. I'm thrilled to say that Ron Wyden, Cynthia Loomis, and Sentumi have introduced an, an amendment to explicitly exclude validators, hardware and software, wallet makers, and protocol devs from the tax reporting provisions. Bravo. Now we have to get this thing passed. That's so crazy. That is so crazy, man. Uh, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong joined the debate yesterday urging crypto market participants to reach out to their representatives over the overreaching surveillance and disclosure requirements of the hastily put together and ill-conceived new infrastructure bills, crypto-based pay-fors. Brian Armstrong, number one, if you've been following the threads on the infrastructure bill, you know that there is a hastily conceived provision related to digital assets. This provision could have a profound negative impact on crypto in the U.S. and unintentionally push more innovation offshore. Armstrong went to note that Coin, excuse me, Armstrong went on to note that Coinbase is happy to help customers fulfill tax obligations, just like the rest of the financial services industry. We've been doing this for years, and issuing more 1099s is a great idea. Coinbase and the IRS. Um, 
but the bill defines brokers to include anyone who, quote, effectuates transfer of digital assets, end quote. This means that almost anyone in the crypto ecosystem, miners, validators, smart contracts, open source developers, etc., could be treated as a broker with massive reporting obligations. This makes no sense. Smart contracts, for instance, are not companies and cannot be modified to collect KYC info or issue 1099s. They are simply software running on the blockchain that anyone can use. Fortunately, senators, these senators, have an amendment that narrows the definition to intermediaries like Coinbase who actually have the capacity to report, just like in the traditional financial system. The infrastructure bill also imposes sweeping and unprecedented reporting requirements that will force exchanges like Coinbase and others to surveil its customers' transactions in a way that is more intrusive than the rest of traditional finance. There's a link here. Uh, this is from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. It's called the Cryptocurrency Surveillance Provision Buried in the Infrastructure Bill is a Disaster for Digital Privacy. Uh, I'll see if I can put that link in the description, but that's not what I'm reading right now. But uh, this article takes a lot from that. I was going to try to read that article and I was like, no, nah, man. <laughs> but uh, this article does take a lot from that article there. So the, the name of that article is Electron, or you can check out the Electronic Frontier Foundation. It was actually published uh, August 2nd. The cryptocurrency surveillance provision buried in the infrastructure bill is a disaster for digital privacy. That was, that was printed August 2nd on the EFF website. So... All we ask for is an even playing field with traditional finance that doesn't penalize cryptocurrency unfairly. Policy, policymakers play a critical role in ensuring that tech, tech innovation can flourish in the United States. I hope they can keep this in mind and don't impose draconian burdens on an industry that will play a major role in the innovative future of our country. I bet you they will. I bet you they will. I bet you they want to make it very hard so that they can come in and have their own bullshit digital currency. Why not make it hard for everybody? It, that That's definitely their modus operandi. Um, all right, so this guy's saying, oh, this won't happen. You know, we won't have um, innovation without your elected reps hearing for, from you, blah, blah. Uh, so he's saying, please contact your senators and ask them to support the amendment to the infrastructure bill proposed. Uh you can contact at Ron Wyden, at Sen Toomey, and at Sen Loomis. We also need to ask all senators to remove the language requiring sweeping surveillance of crypto holders. You can use this tool to contact your senators. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not contacting my senator. Sorry. Um, yeah, so this is, the, this is the Coinbase CEO basically telling people, contact your, your representatives so we don't get screwed. Um, let's just go back really quick. There is one more article I wanted to read. Uh, man, internet is slow, slow tonight. What's going on? What's going on? I think it's just this website. I think it's just this bullshit website. Zero Hedge. You guys are slipping. Um, let's see. There was one more I wanted to read really quick. I made a couple... Um, oh, it's on the first page. That's probably why I can't find it. I hope everybody is doing as well as they possibly can be doing, considering the circumstances. Oh, yeah, FDA reportedly planning for COVID vaccine booster shot approval by September. Fuck the FDA. 
Uh, privacy company Apple plans to monitor all U.S. phones, iPhones for evidence of child porn. So they're going to upload something in a couple of days. Uh, and it's called, I'm actually going to click on that really quick. It's called Neural Match. It is the new system called Neural Match is expected to be unveiled by Apple later this week. The software is expected to be installed on American iPhones via a software update. According to the Financial Times, the automated system can proactively alert a team of human reviewers if, if it believes, uh, and, and they call this child sexual abuse material, C-SAM, child sexual abuse material, C-S-A-M. So this is software is basically designed to like scan people's uh, iCloud and their their photos and try to match it up with like a whole database they have of images. So the automated system can proactively alert a team of human reviewers if it believes CSAM is present on a user's iPhone. If the reviewers can verify the material, law enforcement will be contacted. So that's basically it. And it says, this is how neural match will work. The algorithm will continuously scan photos that are stored on a user's iPhone and have also been uploaded, uploaded to its iCloud backup system. Users' photos converted into a string of numbers through a process known as hashing will be compared with those on a database of known images of child sexual abuse. This system has been trained on 200,000 sex abuse images collected by the U.S. nonprofit National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And I did try to record a segment about this before, a little earlier, and you know, I, I went off on a bit of a tangent, but I just can't possibly fathom like being that person who upload, uploads like 200,000 images and like all the people like training the the imaging system or the scanning system to, I don't know, that's just, uh, it's just a lot, it's a lot. Um, so a lot of people are up in arms about that, obviously, because it gives Apple a backdoor to basically scan everything, uh, which is understandable. Um, so one academic who was offered a preview of the software explained why this could create serious privacy risks and, uh, you know, it, and it, and it does. And this is, this is how they're going to get, you know, their permission. I mean, they didn't ask people, they're not asking people. They're, they're uploading that shit into your phone, and uh, and that's it. And they're going to do it to try to find the, the, the kitty diddlers. And it's funny because I mentioned that yesterday, right? Didn't I say that uh, in that podcast yesterday about how Biden wants to uh, work to surveil uh, people's private text messages? So yesterday, the day before. And, you know, <laughs> like I said, they went through, they're going to go through all this trouble to find domestic terrorists but they never never used this technology to find the the pedos and now boom look at this apple apple must it's like from my mouth to apple's ears boom here we go <laughs> they're gonna upload this shit and they're gonna they're gonna find all the the child porn holders on their phone it's crazy crazy that anybody would would, would even just fathom having such filth like this or getting off of such filth like that uh let alone have it on their phone it's just, it, it's, your phone is is basically people's phones are basically an extension of who they are uh your your data your, your fingerprint whatever scan your face print your, your face scan iris scan that's just crazy 
So let's see. Let's see how many they actually catch. Be interesting to know. Um, so of course the concern is that tool could be used to unearth child. The same tool that's being used to unearth child pornography could be one day used by authoritarian governments uh, like the CCP and abused. Of course, of course. And uh, you know, so that's that with the apple there. But there was one more, and I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. Um, let's see. Did they move it? Did they move? Here we are. I'm gonna make this a quick message this evening because I, I did make a couple of attempts to record, and it's just been a shit show. Uh, so I have no idea. I'm reading this for the first time, and I definitely wanted to read this. Quote, I'm not trusting the government, end quote. New Yorkers explain why they refuse to get vaxxed. So, of course, me being a New Yorker, I find this very interesting. I wonder I wonder who they interviewed for this. Um, so this was also published Thursday, August 5th, 2021, by Tyler Durden. Despite $100 giveaways... Offers of a free offers of free hotel stays and home delivered shots and a host of other incentives, millions of New York City residents still refuse to get the COVID vaccine. Well, there's only how many fucking million left in New York City? There's like five million left, right? There's like three. There was like eight million before this bullshit started, and like at least three million left. So we got about five million New Yorkers left, but they said that like fifty percent. They said, what, 50 to 60%? So what, 2 million New York City residents left that haven't gotten it? I don't know. Um, well, we'll see. Millions of residents, New York City residents, still refuse to get the COVID vaccine. Since the reluctance and suspicion that may, many Americans feel about the vaccines continues to mystify the mainstream press, Bloomberg just published a story exploring the least vaccinated neighborhoods in New York City. This is a Bloomberg article. Ironically, Many of the least vaccinated neighborhoods are the same working class neighborhoods that were hit the hardest by the pandemic. Yeah, so why the fuck should they be vaccinated? They have, quote, natural acquired immunity. And I mentioned this in a podcast that I was just recording. Um, it was about the Pfizer pushing the FDA booster uh, by, was it no FDA? FDA trying to get the booster approved by September, right? And it's just like shame on. American Medical Association because they voted against natural acquired immunity being on par with vaccinated status. Meanwhile, they, these fucking people need a booster. Like, they're recommending people over 65, you got it in December, you got it in January. Oh, well, you might want to consider a booster. You might want to consider a booster already. Uh, <laughs> fucking nothing beats natural acquired immunity. So these people in these, these neighborhoods were quote-unquote the hardest hit. Yeah. And, and they likely don't need the vaccine because they have a fucking immune system. Um, many of the least vaccinated neighborhoods are the same working class neighborhoods that were hit the hardest by the pandemic. In parentheses, he states, remember how the lefties screeched about minorities suffering the brunt of the pan pandemic while white people led the movement against lockdowns and masks? Well, as it turns out, about 55% of the city's Total population is fully vaccinated. That's roughly 400,000 people short of the city's goal to fully inoculate 5 million by June. Yeah, but there's not 5 million. There's only about 5 million people left in New York City. Um, so that means the city's goal was to inoculate everybody. 
<laughs> it also means that more than 2 million eligible New Yorkers remain unvaccinated. Yes, there you go. And vulnerable as the Delta variant. Oh, give me a break. Drives an uptick in reported cases. Really? You got the fucking audacity to put that in a sentence. While residents of the most heavily vaccinated neighborhoods, which also happen to be the wealthiest, most gentrified neighborhoods, fled to the suburbs during the worst of the pandemic, millions of residents in the low-vax neighborhoods lived through it all. The overwhelmed hospitals, the non-stop sirens during the spring and summer of 2020. The biggest holdouts are mostly black and orthodox Jewish communities in the outer boroughs where 17 zip codes have a vaccine have vaccination rates of 40 percent or less that includes the brooklyn neighborhoods of bedford stuyvesant midwood canarsie ocean hill brownsville they ain't getting vaccinated in brownsville crown heights and borough park participation rates of i want to know what the participation rate is in brownsville uh, we're going to see there's a chart down there so i hopefully you'll be able to get that brownsville is it's rough rough area crown heights and borough park participate uh, participation rates have also lagged in politically conservative areas of staten island in far in far rockaway all three groups predominate in some cases those areas have lower vaccination rates than mississippi what the fuck does that mean <laughs> Why are you comparing us to Mississippi? Despite everything they have been through, they remain reluctant to accept the vaccines. For some, the motivation is religious. Orthodox Jewish communities resistant to vaccines helped lead the revival of the measles before the COVID made a comeback. Who gives a fuck? Revival of the measles. These They're better off getting their natural measles, dumbass. All right, so let's look at the chart here. Only 34% of Far Rockaway is vaccinated compared to 100% in my Manhattan's financial district. Get the fuck out of here. A hundred percent? Wow. Wow. There are some areas that did get a hundred percent. Let's see if I can I can make this bigger. Um so let's see. Is that Wakefield? I think that's Bronx. They're less than thirty percent. Uh Rosedale, East New York, less than thirty percent. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's some areas that really, really are 100%, and there are some areas that are less than 30%. Yeah, yeah, East New York, Bergen Beach, Rosedale, Far Rockaway. Yeah, they're not getting the fucking vaccine. Interesting, interesting. Oh, I don't know if that's Corona. It's right outside of Corona. They're nearly 100% vaccinated. Wow. Yeah, Upper Manhattan... And and the Bronx, a lot less vaccinated. Lower Manhattan, 100% in some areas. Certain areas of Queens, 100%. A uh, good portion of Brooklyn isn't. Northern Queens definitely is. Southern Queens, not so much. Interesting. Interesting. And that's just like, you know, the, again, the five boroughs, what they're showing here. Uh, good. Fucking good. Aside from religious regions, oh, excuse me. Aside from religious reasons, why are denizens of these neighborhoods so reluctant to get vaccinated? Bloomberg claims it's a combination of mistrust, misinformation, and in some case, cases, access. That's bullshit. They got buses. I mean, you know, if you want to go to the fucking stadiums, you can line up and get a vaccine. It's definitely not about access. They're trying to knock on people's doors. It's, it's, they, they have plenty of opportunity. They they want to vaccinate you any way they can. They're fucking going to breweries and, and they're in the subway tunnels. 
access my ass. Uh, aside from religious reasons, Bloomberg claims it's blah, blah, blah. Black New Yorkers are the least vaccinated group, amen, with a 31 participation rate. Asian New Yorkers, meanwhile, have the highest at 71%. I'm very surprised. Among black Americans in general, there is a deep distrust of the government and pharmaceutical companies. Good. Quote, we're raised with the skepticism of the government when it comes to vaccines, end quote, said Henry, Henry Butler, district manager for the community board in Bedford-Stuyvesant, which at 36% has the second lowest vaccination rate. Quote, as black Americans, we know our history of medical exploitation and disparity of care. God bless you, Henry Butler. Good for you. Last week, the city brought back a mobile vaccination site in the heart of Butler's district, which, according to the U.S. Census, is 72% black and 15% Hispanic. The site gave out 39 shots last Friday, the start of the city's $100 cash incentive, 12 more than the previous day, but only for about four per hour. Quote, I'm not just trusting the government, to be honest, end quote, said Tony Rome, 61, one of dozens who walked past the mobile site that day. He also singled out Johnson & Johnson, which faces lawsuits alleging that its talcum powder can cause cancer. The company's vaccine was linked to rare instances of blood clots. Quote, there's not enough information on its long-lasting effects, end quote, said Tony Rome. And this shows a little chart here, racial divide. 71% of Asian New Yorkers are fully vaccinated compared to 31% of black residents. So yeah, Asians are, and then the Native American, Alaskan Natives. I Honestly, I, I, I didn't know that they were that many, aside from the uh, reservations, are there that many Native American, Alaskan Natives? Um, hmm, okay. So they look like they're the second most vaccinated. I'm guessing they're in the 60% range. I can't really tell exactly, but it's above 50%. Um, white people uh, are less than 50%. Hispanic, Latino are less than 50%, and blacks are about 30%. So I would say, just based on the comparison, they're saying 31% of black residents. I would say then 40% and a little bit more, uh, maybe 31%, maybe 35% Hispanic Latino or 38% looks like 40 something percent white, maybe 44, 45% white. And then Alaskan native and Asian is like 71 and, and like, you know, up 60s, 65% I'd say. Um, I'm surprised. So Jake Sargent, a spokesperson for Johnson and Johnson said clinical trials have demonstrated the efficacy of the Johnson and Johnson civil single shot COVID-19 vaccine, including against viral variants that are highly prevalent and that the results are consistent across demographics. The city has tried using trusted members of the community to promote vaccines effectiveness and safety. The Bethany Baptist Church in Bedford Stuyvesant served as a vaccine site earlier this year, giving out 300 shots. Altifus Lacey, the church's pastor, said he promotes the vaccine to his congregation during sun Sunday services, but doesn't force the issue. Quote, it's frustrating because you don't want to insult their intelligence, end quote, he said. Quote, people don't like to be shamed. I want to respect them. So you create a space for them to be honest about what they fear, end quote. Misinformation. At the United Methodist Church at the United Methodist Center Food Pantry in Far Rockaway last week, Adibanji Adidipi 
64, a Nigerian immigrant, was one of two people waiting to be served lunch who said he wasn't vaccinated. He said he's been told the shot could cause impotence, heart failure, paralysis, and mental problems. No matter how much a health educator tried to persuade him that the vaccine is safe, the DP said he remains skeptical. When asked where he got his information, he said he heard it from friends. Quote, I read it on Facebook, so I'm confused. End quote. That's bullshit. <laughs> In the Orthodox Jewish community, which was hit hard by the virus last year, there's a fear that the vaccine could can cause infertility, according to Alisa Minkin, a pediatrician on the COVID-19 task force organized by the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association. And uh, then it goes over a borough break down the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Staten Island fall behind the citywide full vaccination rate of 55%. So Manhattan's in the lead, Queens, Staten Island, Brooklyn, and the Bronx is the least vaccinated. We knew the Bronx was going to be the least vaccinated. <laughs> Someone who recovered from COVID believe some who recovered from COVID believe they have immunity and don't need the shot. Others are concerned about mRNA technology, the vaccine's quick development, and its emergency approval rather than the full approval from the FDA. And I just said this. Um, yeah, it's it's weird how this author is, is writing this article. Some who recover from COVID believe they have immunity. Yeah, why wouldn't they fucking have immunity if they, if they recovered? So I'm not really feeling this uh, article today. A lot of people in this community are very savvy, said Minkin, but they're not trusting. To make matters worse, some Orthodox Jews felt unfairly singled out when Governor Andrew Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio called out wedding party parties, funerals, and other gatherings held during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, the Orthodox, and I mentioned this in an early podcast, they were out there, man. They were out there, and they didn't give two shits. They had, what was it? Was it last September? What was it? What holiday was it? Yo, they were out there burning masks. Yeah, they didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. Um, and good for them. Good for them. So they were like, like one of the few groups that was actually just sticking up to this bullshit lockdown. And, uh, you know, everybody hates Jews, but they're the ones who had the balls to fucking defy these mandates. They were out there. They were burning masks. They were clashing with police. Like, good for them. Good for them. Um, and they said, let's see, it's, yeah, so when de Blasio did that, you know, de Blasio and, and, and Cuomo, they called them out. Uh, and Minkin said they felt very targeted. And that flares dis up distrust even more. Yeah, they definitely were targeted. So that has hindered vaccination, said Nesha Abramson, Director of Community Health Outreach at Vad Rafua, a community organization in Midwood where, Midwood where the vaccination rate is 38%. Quote, we need to stop treating folks who are hesitant as, quote, out there and nuts, she said. The last mile. Scheduling logistics and accessibility to other keys to are, are the other keys to reaching more New Yorkers. Sometimes it's a matter of mobile vaccination sites sitting in the same place for more than a day. Other times it's ensuring that the vaccine information is translated into other languages. The city says that it's spent more than 60 million on advertising and promoting the vaccine on subways, television, and radio. Look at that bullshit. 60 million. Ugh, oh, fucking audacity. Even the city's recent $100 incentive had its hiccups at a vaccination site at the Moshulu Library in the Bronx, an area where about 44% are fully vaccinated. Some people showed up expecting cash or a gift card. They were disappointed to have to register 
for a prepaid debit card online, said Nikki Edwards, a nurse who was given hundreds of shots as part of the city's vaccine program. Quote, it actually discouraged people to the point where they don't take the vaccine, she said on Saturday. Quote, elderly people don't have time or sophistication to access it, and young people want the money now. <laughs> Several families showed up with kids as young as 12 and protested when they heard you had to be 18 to get the money. Wow. These people are so stupid. How stupid could you be? Still, there are signs that more people are getting on board with vaccination. On Friday, the day after the $100 incentive was announced, 14,370 New Yorkers got their first dose, the most since June 4th. For others, money won't be the motivator. Starting August 16th, New Yorkers will be required to prevent New Yorkers will be required to present proof of vaccination for indoor activities including dining, working out at the gym, and seeing shows. I don't know if that's New York City or just New Yorkers. Um, I have to see. I'm, I was looking at uh, one of the concert venues. Not that I, I, I care to go to a concert. Well, I was looking at one, and I was just curious if they actually had that on um, outside of New York City. If they were were putting that, and I didn't see any, I didn't see any announcement or any bulletin or any restrictions. I as of now, I think this might be limited to New York City. Uh, so New Yorkers will be required to present proof of vaccination for indoor activities, including dining, working out at the gym, and seeing shows. Quote, the last miles are often the hardest, said Chokinsky. Some people who may be a no today will see everybody else getting vaccinated. Maybe their place of employment will require it. Maybe some of their daily activities will, will require proof of vaccination. And we'll get to more and more. End quote. So that was, I think this was mostly a, a Bloomberg article. He quoted it mostly, but this is fucking bullshit. There are some some New Yorkers that are holding out, but the hope, you know, the hope for these bastards is that all of this pressure will cause these people to just fold. And that's just so sinister. It's just so sinister. But uh, I hope that, uh, you know, everybody who's standing up, against it whether you be orthodox jew or black and everybody out there start putting putting aside their differences and really just uh calling this shit for what it is really really all right people i gotta get going i spent a lot of time today trying to record and and make messages and uh you know blah 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 but it is what it is things are what they are and uh, we just gotta try to keep moving forward day by day we know what's coming but uh, I think, again, if you get the black community together with the Orthodox Jewish community, I mean, again, people just need to put aside their differences and realize that we have a common enemy. We have a common enemy, and, uh, and that's, that's what needs to be focused on, you know, and uh, so we can go about and live our lives and be left alone. All right, everybody have a good evening. I'll talk to you guys in a few days.